Star jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast aye, shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. We should be able to hear the magnetic resonance field. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good evening, or morning, or afternoon. Whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in, indeed welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Each week at this time, we take you on a journey into science fiction, science fact, and fantasy in all their forms. And this week, we're very pleased and proud to have with us none other than Claudia Christian, one of the foundational, iconic figures in science fiction in the last 20 years. Welcome to the show. Wow, that made me feel very uh, crotchety right there. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're, uh, no well, you're, but you're continuing to do new things all the time. It's this, uh, <laughs> Babylon 5 I is the thing that people... Being, I love being the only uh, telepathic, bisexual Russian Jew in space. Are you kidding me? That's it's exciting. Oh. <laughs> it's, well, I am you know, icon. we all want to see ourselves on the screen, okay? And for the bisexual Russian Jewish girl, you were there for us. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> hey, I, but I, you know, but seriously, we all do want to see ourselves on the screen. And having a Russian Jewish smart girl, brown hair, dark eyes, large and in charge, and named Susan, what could be better? <laughs> Only on blue eye. But other than that, Gosh, I didn't see that on the small TV screen. <laughs> no, I, I, Babylon Five was uh, certainly and has. A whole other life of its own, and it's it's been um, it's been amazing. It's it's brought me around the world. It's put me in touch with some unbelievably wonderful people. It's uh it, it's a, it's the gift that keeps giving. I've got now a generation of little wee fans that that their parents showed them the DVDs. Plus, we have a whole a whole um you know now we're starting to do reunion uh, events, which is exciting. And the great mm-hmm. thing is, you know, our cast gets along. We like each other. We love each other. We actually spend time together still after 20 years so it's 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 a good thing joe straczynski created a beautiful universe he did and uh yeah but you, you, you yourselves did, couple... did did the the human chemistry okay yeah give yourself some credit here well you know it's it's great writing great casting and um just a very unique vibe on the set i've been doing this for 30 years this year i'm celebrating my 30th year as an actress in television and film and uh i gotta say um it was probably the most enjoyable work experience I've ever had. That's it's uh, that's kind of an exciting thing to be a part of. Yeah, I remember uh, uh, that was around the time I was getting into visual effects and and learning my craft and and watching all the uh, about half of my peers go off to work uh, uh, to work on the Babylon Five effects using a new piece of software called Lightwave. Yeah, and, and, uh, and you know, you know how much 
uh, crap I get from youngsters nowadays saying, oh, you know, the story's really good and the acting's really good, but the visual effects suck. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute here. We were cutting edge, man. We yeah. Were, we were way ahead of your, you know, your, we weren't using models. They had, uh, you know, it's just a... Well, not, a, not only was it new stuff, not only was it cutting edge, you were... Uh, Babylon 5 and the the effects that were being done on that show were actually defining the state of the art as they went. Exactly. Uh, because uh, they would, the production people would uh, say, hey, you know, new tech, the people who make Lightwave, uh, we need this certain such feature, we need to get this done a certain way, and can you build this tool for us? And new, new tech would say, okay, sounds great, and they'd go do it. Yeah, so, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, so Lightwave was really, uh, really uh, constructed in in the uh, you know the line of fire. It was in, it was uh, um, you know it was it was forged rather than written. Absolutely, yeah, it's exciting. It's um, you know, like I said, we're all going to meet in January in Texas, mm -hmm. so it's it's uh, you know just keeps keeps going on. What's going on in Texas? We are uh, doing another 20th reunion. We know mm -hmm. we did one in Arizona, and it was such, an, it was such a great uh, experience that I guess somebody in, in Texas decided to throw a convention and, and have a mini Babylon 5 reunion as well. So as far as I know, it's the, I think all of the major cast and a lot, of the, um, a lot of the smaller cast is going to appear, and there are some actors from Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. um, and various other people there. It's going to be in Galveston um, the weekend of January, uh, I think, 4th, 5th, 6th, I think it is. You know, it's the beginning of the year. So it's coming up soon. And um, it was originally in Houston, but now it's going to be in Galveston. So the 3rd, 4th, and 5th, yeah. So it's let's... It's called SafeCon. <laughs> oh, okay. SafeCon. So, <clears throat> so science fiction fans consider their hobby an addiction, but addiction is no joke. As you point out in your memoir, Babylon Confidential, and the upcoming uh, documentary, One Little Pill. Yes. Would you care I've, to tell uh, us more my, about those? Sorry? Would you care to tell us more about those? Yeah, absolutely. Um, back in my late 30s, I started having a problem uh, drinking too much and not being able to control it. So I became what's known as a binge drinker, which basically is many, many months of sobriety. And then I would fall off the wagon and months of sobriety fall off the wagon. And as this occurred, the, the falling off the wagons got worse, um, which is actually due to what I now know is alcohol deprivation. Um, I was really looking, because I come from a family of scientists and genetic engineers and, and doctors, I was looking for something that wasn't, uh, uh, you know, a, a, I didn't believe that you could pray it away because I tried. And I didn't believe that you could... Um, you know, that you could uh, go to a meeting and fix it. I, I really believe that there was something that changed in my brain. And what I found is that alcoholism is a learned behavior. And there, if you look back to Pavlovian uh, information, I mean, you, you can actually cause what's called pharmacological extinction in the brain. The brain has an amazing capacity to learn an addiction, but it also has an ability to unlearn an addiction. And it does need uh, med medical help, which is uh, in the form of an opiate blocker. So mm -hmm. in an addict, when you take a drink, you re release a tremendous amount of endorphins, far more than the average person. And that means that they then hook on to the opiate receptors, and henceforth your neuro pathways become so pronounced that they become sort of like superhighways as opposed to little country roads. 
that, that the average person has. And so these very, very pronounced neural pathways are constantly sending out these signals to eventually become a compulsion and want more and more and more. So what the opiate blocker does is you take the opiate blocker an hour before your addictive behavior, whether it's gambling, pornography addiction, alcohol, opiates, um, it works for kleptomania, with all mm -hmm. of these things. You would take huh. an opiate blocker an hour before, and then once the opiate blocker is in the brain, which it usually takes about an hour to get in there, then you take your drink of alcohol. And what that does is it you unlearn the behavior. It blocks those endorphins. You still can get drunk. You can still drink alcohol. In fact, you have to in order to uh, create the extinction process. However, after one to three months, some people take a little bit longer, but after a couple months, you stop, you, you stop thinking about alcohol. And the beautiful thing is you go back to the person you were before the addiction took place. So it, you really are either a safe, moderate drinker or you quit drinking altogether because you literally have no interest. You, you pick up a drink and you go, wow, I think I want it, but then you actually don't want it. Uh, a lot of people find that they used to be the last man standing at the bar and now they just literally, um, they have alcohol in their house and they just don't touch it because they have no desire to whatsoever. It really kills that desire. Much like Pavlov did, did with the dog, you know, ring the bell, it uh -huh. salivates, feed it. Um, after a while, you ring the bell, the dog salivates, you don't feed it, the dog's going to stop salivating after a while. So it's, much, it's very much the same sort of process, only in this case, you do use a... Uh, uh, an opiate blocker. In my case, uh, in, in alcoholics case, it's called naltrexone. Mm -hmm. And naltrexone is available in generic forms online. You can also get a prescription from your doctor. It's been FDA approved since 1994 for the use in alcoholism. Um, unfortunately, in this country and a lot of other countries, they prescribe it with abstinence and it really doesn't work that well with abstinence. It's far more effective to take the opiate blocker and then drink on it. And like I said, eventually you, you, uh, you have pharmacological extinction occurring. Actually, in Scotland, um, they're, pro they're providing it through the NHS for free now. So the EU also approved the use of nalmefine and naltrexone with drinking. So they're really beginning to understand that this works. It's got a nearly 80% long-term success rate. And you compare that to the success rates of rehab or AA or any traditional treatments, and they usually have about a 5 to 10% long-term success rate. This is nearly 80%. And I mean long-term, that means they check in with them one, two, three, four years later. So it really is, it's phenomenal, it's inexpensive, it's easy to do, you can do it in the privacy of your own home, you don't have to go away, quit your job, lose your job, go to rehab for three months, none of that stuff. You can do this at home, and I literally tell people, I mean, I was cured for under <laughs> bucks. Uh, for $50, I got, you know, a, a copy of The Cure for Alcoholism by Dr. Roy Scapa and a prescription for naltrexone, and boom, I was done. Wow. So, it's, yeah, it's a lot more cost-effective, and it's certainly... Um, you know, it's just easy and it's safe. And it's, it's uh, to me, it's ridiculous that it's not more utilized. But, of course, the reason why it's not more known and more used is because nobody can make any money off of it. Hello? So, yeah, that's, so that's, that's just, that's one of the more appalling features about the whole mess. Yes, is that, uh, I, I, I concur. I mean, alcoholism kills uh, about 80,000 people in the U.S. alone, two and a half million worldwide. It is the second largest killer. Uh, it is the second most costly disease in the world. I mean, um, it's, it, it costs us billions of dollars in lost days, work, accidents, medical costs. And we're talking about, you know, uh, something that's so effective and so inexpensive and it could save so many lives that to me, to not have it readily available and talked about 
as another option for alcoholics. You know, an option for alcoholics that everything else didn't work for. Um, you know, it, it just is crazy. I, I do honestly believe that everybody deserves a choice. And if, if you know, if, if what, it, what, is, what is available to an alcoholic? First of all, very few alcoholics go and seek treatment um, to, from a doctor. And when they do, they're told to be abstinent. Go to a meeting. Pray. You know, that's it. Um, go to rehab. Well, if you go to rehab, but you suffer from alcohol deprivation. You get out. 95% of you relapse. Period. That's, that's the numbers. So you're talking talking about thirty, sixty thousand dollars and you get out and after a month you relapse? I mean that's horrible. That's that's not a great statistic, but it's a multi billion dollar industry. Oh. So your film yes. uh seeks to point out the this imbalance, this injustice in the in the system. Yeah. I mean, well, I, f I find it, first of all, personally, um, I did go to everything. I tried every available uh, treatment for alcoholics, and nothing worked for, for me. And so I find it astonishing that, that the average... I also find it astonishing that the average person who does go to their doctor and say, listen, I'd like a, a prescription for naltrexone, is quite often turned down. This is an FDA-approved, safe, non-addictive, declassified drug. And yet, a doctor will give you a prescription for, for uh, Oxycontin in a heartbeat, but they won't give you something that can fundamentally save your life. I mean, it's, it's insane. I've got people that I counsel that cannot get a prescription. They've got to buy it at three times the cost online because their doctor is saying, well, I've never heard of it. Well, you've never heard about it because you don't bother to read up on it. This is, this is something that has had hundreds of clinical trials, every clinical trial, 78% long-term success rate. And you're telling me that they're just too lazy to say, well, let me look up, look into it, you know. And also, it's of no benefit to them. It's just, it's, 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 they're because not going to make any money off of it. Why should they get give you a, a $10 prescription? They're not going to get a kickback from the drug manufacturer yeah. or anything. Listen, I, I called a rehab place and I said, I don't understand why you don't offer the Sinclair method. And they said, well, that would put us out of work, wouldn't it? You know, and then I spoke what? to a doctor. They yeah. said it Wait, in so said, many words. Say, yeah. say what? Yeah, <laughs> they said yeah. that? That would put us out of work. And then I talked to my GP of 20 years and I said, why will you not help my, my people, my, my, my clients, my patients, my people that I counsel, and give them a prescription? And he said, well, it's really time consuming. I have to do liver tests and all that. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I can say I've got a bad back and go in and they'll get me hooked on opiates in a heartbeat. But I can't go in and say I'd like an opiate blocker to save my life. I mean, this, this is insane. So in my world, in a perfect dream world of, of what I would love, is that they would have clinics much like, uh, you know, methadone clinics. Then this would, and they would offer naltrexone like they do in Scotland for free, you know, uh, in a clinic. And then people can just check in every month and say, yes, it's working for me. Can I have my next prescription? And the thing about naltrexone is you have to understand the more you use it, the less you need it. So why would a big pharma company care about this drug? The, the more you use it, like for instance me, I get 30 pills a month. I hardly drink anymore. So what am I going to do with this plethora of pills? I mean, I've got hundreds of pills, right? Because mm -hmm. obviously you don't take 30 a day. You only take it if you drink. <laughs> Start a clinic. <laughs> Resell. <laughs> oh, believe me, I, I have my ways of dealing with my excess pills, but... <laughs> 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 but but that's not legal, so we right. won't talk about it. And we would not, and we cannot possibly advocate the uh, advocate or endorse uh, unusual activity with well, respect to pharmaceuticals. No, you wouldn't even think of it. No, no. It, but, but if uh, Scotland, where they invented whiskey, can can stretch themselves to do this, we can too. 
Exactly, exactly. And I'm, I'm very, very encouraged by the fact that the EU has now um, approved Selincro with drinking, which is, uh, Selincro is a form of nalmefine. Nalmefine is a sister drug to naltrexone and is actually safe for people with liver damage because it's not processed through the liver. Mm. So that's an even uh, better thing for hardcore alcoholics. Um, naltrexone is still very safe. You'd have to take massive amounts of it to... Uh, to damage you. And the, another interesting thing is you hear about all these people dying from various uh, alcohol treatments. Uh, I think Gabatin is one of them or the one that, that mm -hmm. mixes with an antidepressant and it makes you suicidal and everything. I've never heard of anybody ODing on naltrexone or even getting sick off of it other than, you know, dizzy or headache or whatever or dying. So, you know, it's, it's not like somebody can say, well, the Sinclair method has killed somebody. It never has. It's, it's a very innocuous, very safe treatment. Um, and I think what, what makes me so uh, inspired and angry and passionate is the fact that I believe, honestly, that, I, it, you know, I wasted four or five years of my life looking for something. And if somebody would have told me about this, it's been around since the 90s. So I could have saved a lot of time. And a lot of money. And a lot of money and a lot of life, you know. I mean, it, it, being, being under the chains of addiction is a horrible feeling, whether you're a bulimic or an alcoholic or you're addicted to sugar. Whatever, everyone who has walked in the foots footsteps of an alcoholic or an addict understands addiction's horrible. It's something that you think about every day. And the beauty about naltrexone is it, it eliminates the thought process that alcoholics have, that even when they're sober, they're thinking about booze. You know, so in, in this case with an alcoholic, once you're on this for a while, you realize that you're, you no longer have compulsive thoughts about alcohol. What's your hope for the distribution of the film once it's completed? How, where is it going to go, and, and how are you going to get the word straight out? Straight to television. I hope on a, on a, you know, Discovery, National Geographic, <clears throat> CBS, whatever. I hope that it's on TV first because that'll reach far more people than feature film, documentary in small theaters. You know, mm -hmm. God knows where. It's got to be on TV, and that's something my... that goes into the homes rather than have people go out to it. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then eventually what I would like to do is make it available uh, in small segments, you know, for medical practitioners and for individuals that need more information on the Sinclair method. So it has a dual purpose. The purpose is to educate and inform and then uh, and then to actually be used, utilized as, a, as an educational tool for doctors, for their nurses. You know, hopefully someday doctors will have a side business in their in their um, offices where they can say, look, we can help alcoholics. All they would need is the nurse to, you know, give them the prescription and to just counsel people for a couple minutes and say, keep a drinking diary, come back in, in a month and tell me how you're doing. You know, and so I really want to make this film also for that purpose. And once it's been on TV and everything, I'll, I would like to make it available online for anyone to download just to learn. My whole impetus, my whole raison d'etre, whatever you want to call it, is to just get this information out there to help as many people as possible because the people that I have reached thus far, I have a 100% success rate with people that I put on the Sinclair Method. Every single person's life has changed for the better. They're drinking dramatically less or they've quit drinking altogether. Every single one of them has said literally that the Sinclair Method has saved their life. And if, that, if you know what that feels like to wake up in the morning and have people saying, wow, you saved my life by telling me about this. I mean, that keeps me going every day. I wake up excited and passionate about it because people's lives are being saved. There's nothing like that feeling. No. I mean, I, you live long enough, sooner or later you're going to save somebody. But to, to, to save people on, on that massive scale and, and to know and, and to have them come and tell you 
that uh, that you've made a difference in their lives is a is a profound feeling. Absolutely, better than any Academy Award or any film role or anything. It's just the most unbelievable feeling I've ever had in my life. I feel like I went through the hell that I went through so that I could be exactly where I am right now today. <laughs> now let's talk about the fundraiser for the film. Well, how's, I started... that, how's that do? How how did you start it out, and how is that doing now? Um, the Indiegogo, we started out with Fundly and we raised $10,000 and now we're um, raising funds for the post-production and mm -hmm. our goal is 40000 and we're up to 29000 almost. Um, and we're on Indiegogo uh, under One Little Pill, that's the name of the film, One Little Pill. And so right now on Indiegogo, we're about $11,000 away from our goal and we have, I believe, two weeks left in the campaign. So um, there's a lot of really cool things, lots of perks, uh, photos, mm -hmm. CD sets, DVDs, movie posters, dinner at my house, uh, Skype sessions. I mean, all sorts of really cool things. So Ooh, any of you out there that want to check it out. So what's for dinner? Yeah, <laughs> anything those four people want. Trust me, if they buy the dinner, they can, they can pick their menu. <laughs> See, I, I am obsessed with food, and I'm going to talk to you later about this. Okay. <laughs> it's... Uh... Indiegogo is is uh, is a better way of doing crowdfunding. I mean, you you went with uh, Fundly uh, before. Fundly first. I don't then... I don't know what method they do. We tried Kickstarter, and you know, unfortunately, uh, we we had competition in Hurricane Sandy, and of course, everybody's charity dollars went there, and as they should. Okay, they were saving lives. We weren't. Um, hard and, timing. Yeah, and so, you know, we had three months of hard work go down the tubes. Then we went with Indiegogo, where we at least got to keep what we raised. Yeah, that's the nice thing. is, And, and if we raise our goal, then I think we go from 9% uh, that we pay them to down to 4%. So S Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that's why we're really, really hoping that we fulfill our goal of 40000 So, you know, um, we're we're just... Uh, you know, keeping keeping the faith and hoping that um, people get active in the last uh, couple weeks now. Well, we're, we've well, pre-ordered a, uh, a DVD. How about you folks, you cryptics? Everybody yeah, listening. guys, kryptonite's out there. <laughs> Everybody listening, uh, Indiegogo is not limited to the United States the way Kickstarter is. That means you can contribute. And yeah, this is something yeah, important. A bunch of uh, photos out to all over the world because people bought the Babylon 5 20th reunion cast photo. So um, I just finished signing 65 of the 86 of them for the U.S. And then I've got 66 of them going to all over the world. So, yes, you can you can order something from anywhere. And it's uh, that's Indiegogo. For, if you've never seen this website before, it's Indiegogo.com. I-N-D-I-E Gogo.com. And just search for one little pill, and it'll take you straight to the campaign. The links will be on, on kryptonradio.com. Thank you. I appreciate that. And just know that it's going to a really, really good cause, and this is going to save even more lives. It, the film's not even out yet, and there's already people. I mean, it's incredible. The people that are in the film, for instance, um, you know, we've and I went to Finland and interviewed Dr. Sinclair himself and Dr. Roy Escapa, the, uh, the author of The Cure for Alcoholism, which is the book that I found back in 2009. And after I read it and I went on it and I was basically cured, I called him and I said, what can I do for you? Because you saved my life. And that's when he said, please write a book. So I wrote Babylon Confidential and that was released in 2012, uh, 
right during election time, November of 2012. Mm -hmm. um, and that came out and it reached a few thousand people. You know, we sold, you know, probably about 10,000 copies, nothing major. Um, and I just believe that a film will reach more people. Uh, but even through that book, I mean, there's been hundreds and hundreds of people that have contacted me and said, you know, I went on it and I'm saved. I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not an alcoholic anymore. So, so I can only imagine if it's going to be on television, how many people it can, it can, it can, it can reach. It's funny. You know, I, I, I never shut up about it. I went to an audition the other day and I'm sitting in the waiting room and there's all these very well-known actresses going up for the same role that I was going up for, for a very popular TV show. And it's a guest lead, and I'm sitting there looking around going, oh, she used to be on this show, she used to, you know. And I start talking about the Sinclair Method, and let me tell you, every person perked up. One gal's husband was having a problem with drinking, the other gal herself was having a problem, the other person's mother was having a problem. I mean, that's the thing, is you walk in a room and you say, anybody know an alcoholic? And I can guarantee you, you're going to find somebody that needs help. Yep, I know one. That's it, you should be putting ads in Variety, that's... Yeah. Yeah, well, if you if you if anybody you know needs help, they can always contact me at Claudia at BabylonConfidential.com. I do answer all my own emails, and I do have a bunch of people that I counsel um, uh, through the Sinclair Method. You can also go to my website, which has a, a, a tremendous amount of information about the Sinclair Method, and that's called C3Foundation.org. And the C3 Foundation was started um, last June to help spread the word, but also to educate people and to give people the uh, a venue where they could actually download um, papers for their doctors, uh, clinical trials, proof per se, all that mm -hmm. stuff. So that's all available on c3foundation.org. Have they been in the medical journals at all? Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The clinical trials have been uh, oh, yeah, at Yale University. I mean, they these uh, combine, you know, I mean, they're big, big trials. It's, it's like I said, it's... Uh, been it's been approved for years it's been used for years it's been used uh very very actively in places like finland and um europe in general so this should be part of the affordable care act <laughs> ah, yeah no joke i want to get it with the vets i want to go to the va and, and and get it for for um all of our military because they have a tremendous problem with addiction especially oh alcohol god, yes. addiction oh my god yes this and would, this, actually this would save our country trillions of dollars in the long run. Yeah, ago. and, and uh, naltrexone in combination with post-traumatic stress disorder and alcoholism, it actually works on both at the same time. Really? Yeah. Well, sure, the uh, you know, a PTSD episode, it, you, it has triggers. You know, mm -hmm. you know what's going to set them off. Yeah, so this is pretty remarkable. I, I, I just did Larry King, which will be out January 8th. Ooh, and good. I, oh, my. Yeah. Okay. I do believe that... Um, that was interesting because it was with a uh, Meredith Baxter, who's a uh, very much into AA, and a couple of doctors who are open to other treatments. And um, you know, we we all came to the same conclusion: alcoholics need options. Everybody needs options. Not one thing works for everybody. Uh, the one person who who goes to AA and is successful might not be the person who uses the Sinclair method. They're different personalities, different types of alcoholics. Some people drink because they're physically addicted. Other people drink because they're bored or because it's habit or because they're going through an emotional trauma. So everybody has different reasons. And that means that every addict is different and every addict needs a choice. And they can't, it's not a one size fit all or my way or the highway. That, that, that kind of mentality doesn't and cannot exist anymore. That would be like treating everybody with a mental illness the same, whether they were manic or bipolar or just depressed. 
I mean, it just doesn't work. That's bad science. Exactly. And yeah, now that good we have science. legitimate science and we have proven science that works for addicts, let's use it. That's my point. Let's use it. It's the year 2013. Why are we treating alcoholics from a treatment based in the 1930s? Come on. You don't do that to... Do we lock people who are manic depressive in a, in a padded room and <laughs> isolate them? They'd like to. Yeah, that's what they did in the 30s. You know, nowadays, 90% of people suffering from depression go seek out medical help. Only 10% of alcoholics do. So, you know, I think we should treat all of these things the same, and that means give people choices. There's, there's how many different Lexapro, Flexor. I mean, look at how many things are for cigarette addiction. Oh, my God, they've, they've spent billions researching how to get people to quit smoking. You've got a patch, you've got a fake cigarette, you've got a pill, you've got Shantex, you've got this. What do alcoholics get? Just, just don't drink. Go to a meeting. I mean, come on, really? Uh, so, it's 2009... You've just discovered the Sinclair method. How does, what kind of an effect did that have on you when you first discovered it? I wanted to cry with happiness because I understood immediately. I was what's called an immediate reactor. Um, I, I could feel my brain shutting off towards that compulsion. And I was, I just knew, I knew it was working. I knew it worked immediately. I opened a bottle of wine, I drank about a half a glass and I pushed it away. That doesn't. That used to never happen. Okay, that just that that wasn't my reality back then. And that bottle sat there for a week, and I kept looking at it, thinking, "This is too good to be true. There's no way." But it was. <laughs> it, it was absolutely. It was absolutely true. And you know, mind you, on the Sinclair method, people go in waves. I mean, in the beginning, you can have this incredible two months of massively reducing your drinking, and then you can have a weekend where you drink too much. But I try and explain to people. If you look at your overall consumption and the fact that alcohol no longer has a, a, a take on your life, in other words, it's not controlling your life, then you're still succeeding even if you have a, drink, a, a drinking day, like a day that you drink. And you have to ask yourself also, did that drinking day turn into a binge or did it affect your life in a negative way? And usually they say, no, it didn't. It's just they're, they're, so, they're so hung up in the quantity at that point. It's like you can be on it for a couple of months and get down to one drink a day. And then suddenly if you have three drinks one night because you're pissed off at your spouse or something, they suddenly get very concerned. But I try to explain to them that's because you're normal again. A normal person who drinks moderately or, or lightly will once a year or twice a year maybe drink too much New Year's Eve or their birthday or something. So, you know, it's all you have to put everything in perspective. Like I said, um, 40 something percent of the people go completely abstinent on the Sinclair method. So if your goal is 100 percent abstinence, you can achieve that easily with the Sinclair method. If your goal is to simply get control over your drinking, you can also do that. If you're not an alcoholic, but you want to cut down on your drinking because you've gained a lot of weight or you're drinking too much or it's affecting your job. You can also use the Sinclair method. You don't have to be a so-called alcoholic. You don't have to be physically addicted. You don't have to be throwing up in the morning and, you know, hardcore alcoholic. You can actually just be somebody who genuinely wants to cut down. So Dr. Sinclair came up with this, obviously. And he was, uh, the drug has existed existed before he, uh, oh, he applied gosh, it to yes. the method. Naltrexone's been used for fibromyalgia, uh, MS. Um, it's called low-dose naltrexone. It's um, low-dose naltrexone has been used for neurological disorders for decades. Um, it's also been used in addiction. Uh, naloxone, which is another sister drug, is used to bring heroin addicts out of overdose. 
So this drug has been around for a very, very long time. These, all of these naloxone, nalmefine, and naltrexone have been around for decades and decades. Um, Dr. David Sinclair was an American scientist who became very, very interested in treating alcoholism. And when he found that there was a strain of rats living in Finland that were alcoholic rats, he was determined to go to Helsinki and study there. And that's why he went to Finland, and he ended up spending 40 years there. So alcoholic he's still alcoholic rats. Yeah, 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 alcoholic rats. Yeah. So I mean, that's, you know, sort that's of helped a like lot. something straight from the Zocalo. You don't expect to hear well, that. Yeah, phrase. exactly. They, they they bred these rats so that they could um, test them more easily. And if a, if a rat is alcoholic, then obviously it it saves you an entire step. You know? <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Yeah, you're taking them to bars. You're you know. Right. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. There's cartoons <laughs> in my head. You don't have to. You know, I always tell people to say. People always say to me, you know, but why, why, why did I become an alcoholic? And I tell people, you know, it's so easy. Two things. You got the genetic predisposition and you drank. And that's it. You know, I mean, to, to become an alcoholic, yes, you might be drinking because you're going through a divorce or your child died or something horrible happened to you. However, if you have the genetic dis predisposition and you drink, then eventually it's going to catch up with you. And those are the only two things that, I have to, that you have to have in order to become an alcoholic. So it's a pretty simple formula. It's a very simple formula. So if you can learn how, uh, you know, you either learn how to remove that gene or manipulate that gene into a normal gene, the gene that addicts have, or you learn how to unlearn the behavior. And that's what, luckily, the human brain does have this switch where we can learn something and we can unlearn something. And that's the beauty about the Sinclair method. If you really, really study pharmacological extinction and you really look at what happens to the human brain when it's retrained. It's phenomenal. And right now they're actually doing tests where they're doing MRIs on people pre and post Sinclair method. So you will be able to see in the brain what occurs, which is fantastic. Uh, they, yeah, the before and after pictures of the function of the human brain on something like that have to be. Oh, yeah. Well, you'll see, you'll see the neural pathways actually shrinking down to normal size. Wow. Amazing. That's wow. Yeah. Science! Science! <laughs> she didn't blind me with science. She's opening her eyes with science. I love it. Listen, if I wouldn't have been an actress and I would have gotten better grades and been better in school and a whole lot of what-ifs, I would have loved to be a scientist or an engineer or a doctor because I just find it fascinating. Well, and you had that in your... just play them on TV. You had you had that in your background as well. You know, yeah, your, my family, your whole family yeah. was. My brother, my brother was a scientist. My grandfather was a scientist and a surgeon. My other brother's a veterinarian. Uh, my aunt's a dermatologist, uh, surgeon. So yeah, well, lots you may of, be lots, helping lots. as many people as they do in your own way. I'm actually probably at the end of the day um, going to end up saving more lives than they than they did because I'm determined to take this till the end of my life, and I got at least another good fifty years left in me. So. Well, and that is good to hear. And that's uh, that's another reason to just keep pushing forward with your acting career as well. Absolutely, it all feeds you know, each other. You know, the it more, does. The more. If I could, if I could become a little more famous, a little more celebrity, a little more this, um, without doing something lascivious, without you know, uh, with with actually doing it through quality work, mm -hmm. then of course it would draw more people to my foundation, and it would make my name more readily recognizable. So mm -hmm. yes, it is hand in hand. If I was a what, fame star, based on merit, <laughs> hardly yeah, the showbiz uh, way, I'm afraid. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> yeah, listen, 
listen, I wish you I had. A, you don't want to have a Miley Cyrus moment or anything. Yeah, so. no, no, oh, no, 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 not not at forty-eight, my love. But, uh, <laughs> uh, no, but if I if I was a Julia Roberts or something, and I had my foundation, believe me, there'd be millions of alcoholics coming to me as opposed to thousands. But all in good time. I have faith. So, what's next on your in your uh, career path? Well, I have another book coming out next year with my partner, Morgan Grant Buchanan, and that is called Wolf's Empire, and it's uh, being released by Tor, one of our favorite uh, sci-fi publishers in the world. Oh, that's excellent. We have an editorial relationship, uh, not an editorial relationship, when the, but we have a reviewer's relationship with them, and they send us... Uh, they send us authors. They send us authors. So we may get to talk to you as an author. Well, then they will probably send you a copy of Wolf's Empire. It's Yay. a wonderful um, book with a kick-ass female protagonist. And Tell Surprise. Book page. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, it'll be coming out, yeah, in 2014, so that's exciting. Um, let's see what else. Uh, let's see, we've got the book coming out. We've got, I've got a couple of little independent films that are out this year. One is called California Scheming. The other is called The Wrong Woman. Um mm-hmm. I still obviously act. I do tons of games. I'm in Diablo 3. I'm in Guild Wars 2. I'm in Skyrim, plus the bonus material of Skyrim. I play about 10 characters in that world. Um, oh, I God. Do- oh, that's awesome. Now your son's going to go. Oh, oh yeah. So I wasn't awesome. until I was in Skyrim. And then my nephew said, you know, wow, now you've really made it because I can kill you and marry you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Suddenly it got weird. That's that, that's awkward and weird, but thanks, hon. You know? <laughs> so, I was in uh, Babylon Five till I took an arrow to the knee. Yeah, Wait. So, <laughs> so I always do my games. I love doing that. I love providing voices for that. Um, uh-huh. And I have my, uh, like I said, I'm, we're 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 almost done uh, filming One Little Pill. Um, we will be done with the actual filming by the end of this year, uh, except for one trip to India that my director is making to film over there because in India, um, as you know, they don't have uh, rehab or AA or any other options at all for alcoholics. <laughs> and they did clinical trials using the Sinclair method there, and it was massively successful. However, when they took away the funds, the average Indian cannot afford the dollar or $2 a day pill. So they went back to becoming alcoholics, which is very sad. So. Um, yeah. We're, we're trying to figure out, you know, how we can bring these to third world countries, bring the treatment there and leave enough money to supply the medication to the alcoholics in need. I would also love to do that in South Africa. I'd love to do it with our own Native Americans here in America, especially. Yes. Um, they yes. have a tremendous problem with the Indians in Canada, indigenous folk. I mean, it's it, it just it's it's a it's a worldwide problem. And I'm starting, you know, I'm, I'm starting starting really concentrating at home, which is America. But mm. in the meantime, I'm also reaching people all over the world and we want to make this global. So one step at a time. That's it. First step is getting this film on television. Well, it, it, it occurs to me that in, in uh, economically disadvantaged countries like India, it might be actually better to teach them how to make the drug themselves so that it can be made locally. Uh, it is actually made in India, but it uh, but it's, it's still yeah. But it's it, still ex- too expensive for most people to afford. The average Indian makes a dollar a day, so even if the pill is forty five cents, what what are you going to do? Eat or take a pill? Oh, you and, have you a know, big point there. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's that it's that devastating of an economy where the average person literally makes a dollar a day, and no matter how cheap the pill is, like I said, the cheapest they can manufacture. It is probably thirty, forty cents a pill, um, and then you and know, then, unless some. What I'm hoping for 
or is it some Bill Melissa Gates or somebody comes in and says, here, let me buy a million dollars worth of pills and just have a clinic set up and distribute the, that medication. Because like I told you before, once you're on it for a while, you don't need the medication anymore. So, uh, or you use it incredibly infrequently. So if they become abstinent after three to four months, they're not going to need the pills anymore. And we're talking four months at, at you know, maybe it's $120. So for 120 bucks, you can cure somebody and move on to the next person. I mean, it's, it's, it's really that, that simple. And I know it sounds like I'm, I'm you know, blowing smoke, but it's not. It's, it is that simple. The average person stops drinking after a few hundred dollars worth of naltrexone. It just, I don't know, it just seems to me that um, there's something wrong with a society where, where well, we can't well, manage this. The national health of every nation that provides national health needs to be on this. Oh, believe me, I, I'm trying to contact people at WHO, you know, the World Health Organization. We're, we're trying to do symposiums. I'm doing a symposium at UCLA this March to talk about um, why writers and producers in television don't talk about anything except traditional treatment? Why don't you have a character going to a moderation meeting or to a harm meeting or to or on the Sinclair method? Or you know, um, why is it always just one thing and one thing only? Because the long, the, the more you have a, a film and television universe that only talks about their characters going to rehab or to AA, then that's all anyone's going to know about. And there are tons of free options out there. Um, that are available to people, and there's, I mean, they're, they're just just off the top of my head, there's rational recovery, practical recovery, smart recovery, Ham's Harm, um, Hank Hayes, safe recovery. I mean, all of these things are alternatives to 12 steps programs, and yet nobody ever talks about them. And and so, you know, we've got to get people like writers and producers also on board so that they can educate people. But I think you. I think you may be onto something there. I think. Well, I think that getting, I mean, getting, uh, getting this idea planted in the heads of of uh, television screenwriters, sure, for why, their why, characters, why? just make this. You know, here, this is an easy thing that you can slug in, and, yeah. and have a plot point and, out of. And it. we won't charge you or sue you. You know, maybe maybe they think that. Only AA is is royalty free and can be you know, free to use. It's, it's not. It's, it, as a matter of fact, they're supposed to be uh, private. So you know, I, I mean, I remember being. Um, I had put a bunch of friends on the Sinclair method, um, some of which were not alcoholics, but they were drinking too much for various reasons. And I remember being at a dinner I was throwing, and I'm 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 sitting in the kitchen cooking, and one of my friends came up to me and said, "Oh, do you have an extra pill?" And I thought, now this is the way I want the future to look. I want somebody to to say to another friend, "Oh, do you have an extra pill?" Because yeah, because they know they're on the Sinclair method together, or they know that they're in a room where it's kind of common knowledge that somebody's going to be on the Sinclair method. So they ask for an naltrexone, and three people in the room raise their hand and go, "Oh yeah, I've got some." You know, I mean, that's awesome. my dream. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that is my dream. But I remember when she walked in the kitchen and said, "Do you have an extra pill?" And I went, "Sure, they're in the kitchen cabinet." And I thought, "Wow, that sounded normal." And that sounded. <laughs> It sounded yeah. amazing, and I watched her. She took it. She waited the hour, and then she poured herself a glass of wine. And she came up to me later. She said, "I wasn't going to drink tonight, but the wine looks so good." And I, I said, "Isn't it nice that you have the option to, if you want?" And she said, "Yeah, I just drank water for an hour and hung out and had a great, great conversation." And she said, "The beauty of tonight is I'm going to remember it because uh, she only had one glass, you know." And that's that's, that's the thing. Is, yeah, is, you know, 
you don't you don't abuse alcohol when you're on it. So I'm it's going to it's, remember it's, it. It, 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 gives feel, you, it gives you your humanity back. Exactly. It gives you your humanity back and it gives you it gives you yourself back and you are in control. You are the master of your everything. You know, it's it's just it's it's a remarkable beautiful thing and I, you know, I can't tell you besides the fact that it quite literally saved my life. Um I've just seen its effect on so many families and I had a 16-year-old girl contact me the other day and say, you know, I I never have known my mother sober. And thanks to you, she's now a real mom. And I just thought, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time she's known her mother sober in 16 years. Her whole life. Oh, my God. Yeah, and she achieved sobriety within five and a half months, that woman. Yep. She's only 42 years old, and she became sober after five and a half months on, on the Sinclair Method. And it was an easy process. Once again, very inexpensive. She ordered it online. Because uh, she couldn't get her doctor to give it to her, but she went through and got it online and went on it. Now she has no interest whatsoever in drinking, but she always carries her pills with her, which is the golden rule. Uh huh. Yeah. Because so you know you could you it's possible to rebuild it and relapse because if you have the genetic predisposition in the oh, first place. Yeah, oh, that's that's a big, big, big yes. Believe me, you cannot get cocky and start drinking without naltrexone. If you're an alcoholic, you will relearn the behavior. Or even after you extinguish it, you know it may take a couple weeks or a couple months, but you will relearn that behavior. You are that's why I like to tell people they're in remission, much like a diabetic using their insulin. They can occasionally eat sugar or something naughty. The same thing with with this, the Sinclair method. As long as you're on it, you're in remission, but you are you're not home free. It's not like you can suddenly go, oh, I'm fine. I'm going to go out and drink without my pill. No, it doesn't work that way. So uh... well, if it's as normal as insulin tomorrow then everything you do today is worth it exactly exactly that's my dream is that it will be as normal and acceptable as as any as as managing any other physical ailment disease whatever you want to call it learned behavior just to manage your alcoholism if you can manage it with medication why not so this has been sort of an uh, you've swung away from science fiction and gone Sorry, into God. science. <laughs> no, no, really, and no. gone into science. Not my guest lead on uh, uh, quantum leap, but, <laughs> but but we cover science stories too. Yeah, so, we cover science know. stories too. You know, it's science, science fictions, uh, science fact, uh, and, and and fantasy, and and uh, and you have provided a a very interesting perspective on a very critical problem. Yeah, thank and, you. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the film when it's com- when it is completed, and uh, you can count on us to uh, to help you publicize it when it is. Thank you very much, and I appreciate everybody who goes and checks out the Indiegogo campaign, and, and thank you for uh, donating. I know you did. So yes, that was we've ordered our DVD. That was very sweet of you to order a DVD. I'd That's have done awesome. it anyway because I'm a fat girl. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, she she bought the book Shut too. Up. She bought oh, Babylon good. Confidential as well. Yeah, yeah. There's um, if you, if people want to buy a signed copy of Babylon Confidential, then that money for the signed copy, the extra money that I make off that, actually goes to the film fund too. And they can order that through babylonconfidential.com. And those those are signed copies that I will send to you with a personalization or whatever you want on it. And that extra eight bucks or whatever it is uh, that goes to the film fund. So. Signed by Kindle. 
<laughs> you can't sign a Kindle, honey. Oh, yeah. Not not it's many fine. times. Right. <laughs> not on the front anyway. No, not not effectively. Not on the first date. No e-book signing. <laughs> Well, Claudia, thank you so much for joining us. It's thank been... you so much, and I'm glad you, uh, that uh, we got the chance to to uh, touch base with each other, and I really appreciate all your support I, I, and uh, and help with this endeavor. I really do. Thank you so okay. much. We are not doctors. We Some of us play doctors on TV, but we are not doctors. We recommend that you consult your doctor. Please talk to your doctor. Show him, show your, him or her all the material on the One Little Pill website. And get him to get you a prescription for what you need. Exactly. Thank you. And if you if he doesn't like it, get another doctor. Exactly. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Have a very happy holiday. And to you, my dear. Thank you. Good night. Good, Good night. night. This has been episode 42 of Krypton Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for December 14th, 2013. Your hosts have been Krypton Radio station manager Gene Turnbow and executive producer Susan Fox. Our guest this week has been actress and author Claudia Christian. We have been discussing her documentary film One Little Pill, which discusses naltrexone as a cure for alcoholism that actually works, and the Indiegogo campaign she currently has running to help her fund it. Go to Indiegogo.com and search for One Little Pill and become a backer, won't you? This episode will air again on Sunday, December 15th at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You will be able to find this episode and others as downloads at the Krypton Radio website and on iTunes and Stitcher as podcasts. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The part of the science officer was played by renowned science fiction illustrator Mark Schirmeister. The part of the engineer was played by fandom dignitary Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was played by Corsair's Closet producer Christine Cherry. And the role of the captain was voiced by science fiction writer Larry Niven. This program and its contents are copyright 2013 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. Stay tuned for more great music and tonight's episode of X-1. The Event Horizon. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. <laughs>